Hey, this is Dylan, and thanks for tuning in to this episode of Kid Tech. And this is an interview that I recorded with Damien Felesci, who's CEO and co-founder of Kids Corp. Uh, Damien and I usually spend our time in totally different parts of the world, him mostly in Buenos Aires, me mostly in about half a dozen different cities. However, a couple of months ago, we both found ourselves in a cold and slightly snowy New York City. So I thought it was a great opportunity to sit down, listen to Damien talk about the kids' digital ecosystem in LATAM. I think you're going to enjoy this one. Listen on. Welcome to KidTech, the podcast series about the digital kids media ecosystem. I'm your host, Dylan Collins, uh, CEO of Super Awesome. Today we are in a pretty cold New York City, um, a few blocks away from Toy Fair. I'm here with Damien Felesci, who's CEO of Kids Corp. Um, Kids Corp are the number one kids marketing company in Latin America. Uh, Damien, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Dylan. Thank you for inviting me. So, first of all, um, why don't you talk about the history of Kids Corp? Okay. I mean, where, why did you start it? When did you start it? Okay, sure. Uh, we're a young company. We have uh, almost four years. Uh, and uh, we started this company in Buenos Aires, uh, in Argentina. And now, operating in Latin America and uh, we start because uh, when we start with this company uh, we understand uh, a need uh, that you know about that uh, because super awesome of course uh, I came uh, as a publisher as an advertiser too so I see both sides uh, in, in both sides exist some troubles uh, regarding brands needs needs to start shifting their spend their advertising uh, budgets from TV to digital and mm. there is no tools to do that no platforms Google cannot do and all the DSPs or you know the ad tech ecosystem was not ready to do that and in the other side uh, I came uh, being as a publisher too uh, I, I launched in, in the past a social network for kids mm. And what, what was that called? Twiggy. You know, it's an Israeli, old Israeli platform. The company doesn't exist uh, today. Uh, but this is this happens, I think, that seven or eight years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, regarding the business model that we have, that we had in the in, with with Twiggy, with this social network, one of the of the revenue stream uh, was advertising. So you know. We used to have a, a local sales team, but then we have inventory. And when we want to monetize this inventory, Google comes to us and says, guys, we have something new that it's ad exchange, you know, in the past, yeah. Alex. Right. So we say, guys, but, but, you know, we have kids here. No, no, you, you need to try it. So we try it and, you know, we discover the mess that they made. The world, the, the world of adult ad tech. Yeah, so we start showing Heineken ads to kids, you know, <laughs> and when we saw that, we said, "Stop, we cannot use it." So uh, you know, uh, we see the both sides of the problem, mm-hmm. and that way we start thinking about kids' core. So, and what is the landscape for 
digital kids in Latin America today? So you've obviously got COPPA in, in the US, mm-hmm. got GDPRK in Europe. Yeah, now in Brazil, you know, Brazil has is the first country that has new data privacy regulations. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is some initiatives in Argentina, in Chile too. But at the end, uh, most of the brands that we work with, uh, they're global brands, mm-hmm. and they need to comply with the with COPPA, with GDPR uh, across the world, mm-hmm. and that's include Latin America. So, but but you would you you consider Brazil to be at the forefront? of privacy laws for children in South America? Are they the ones setting the example and leading? Yeah, I think uh, it's a good thing. Mm. Uh, I think that it's, it's, it's interesting that Brazil uh, went uh, into the, the data privacy. It's in general, but it concerns to kids too. Mm. Um, but, you know, I think that uh, data privacy uh, regulations is not the unique thing. Mm-hmm. At the end, uh, there is no reason to spy kids to show an app. Sure. Uh, and and more than, uh, of course, that about the ethics, you know, there is no reason. Mm-hmm. But in terms of of how to connect with kids, we used to say to brands, to media agency, that in Latin America, the eighty five percent of houses with kids. They used to share devices. So, mm. as you know, data to make behavioral advertising, uh, it's based on devices, not in people. Right. So, if a mom with a kid of seven and her and his sister of 11 years old, they share the same device, the data is not good. So, you having a cost to use that data, and this uh, and this data don't allow to you to have a better result in terms of performance. So but what, what about the TV landscape in, in Argentina and Brazil? Mm-hmm. Was that, does that look similar to the US? It's, it's slower than right. US in, and, and Europe, in Europe, but you know, the trend is the same. Mm. There is no changes behind that. Mm. Uh, it's a little bit slower, uh, but, but yes, you know, media consumption changed everything. Uh, and something that uh, has a different maybe with with US and Europe is that most than I think that a bigger part of the marketing's uh, budgets uh, are more in TV in Latin America than mm. in, in in UK and and that's across all audiences or just kids no it's it's general but uh, you know, I used to say that we are two or three years later, you know. So if you take a picture of U.S. two or three years uh, before, that's Latin America. So, yeah. so what, when you look at what brands are doing in Latin America, how what percentage do you estimate that they are spending For on digital? For this year, we estimate at thirty five percent. But thirty five. Yeah, it, it's growing fast. Yeah, growing fast, and and we are glad to be there helping brands, you know, in this transformation. Sure. Because at the end, and which which country do you feel is is most sophisticated in terms of that digital spending? Uh, well, I think that Argentina is one of the most uh, experienced. Uh, there is a lot of very good professionals mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Then Mexico too, mm-hmm. and 
And Brazil has their own ecosystem. You know, it's it, the difference between Brazil and the rest of Latin America is not, not only the language, it's to the culture. So it's a huge country, so they look a lot inside. And the difference is that you see a lot of Brazilian companies doing business only in Brazil. Hmm. And when you look at the Hispanic uh, Latin America, most of the companies are regional, you know, because Brazil is like the 50% of Latin America. So Brazil has experience too. Uh, I think that it's, uh, it's not like maybe Argentina or Mexico, a, a little bit slower mm. their growth. Yeah. And KidsCorp operates in all of those countries yes. and, and more besides. So what's the full range of company, countries that you're operating? Uh, we, have, we, we have operations, well, our headquarters is Buenos Aires and we have operations in Bogota, in Mexico. And uh, then the other, we, we work for all the region and we used to travel, you know, to the other countries. So we work with a lot of regional accounts and we work with local accounts too. And now we are in a in a year of of, of accelerate our uh, our operations, you know. So we are opening small operations in Chile, in Peru, and this year to hmm. to start the Brazilian adventure. You know, Brazil right. is a market that we see from outside Brazil. We work with regional budget that includes Brazil, but now we are going to develop the local market there. Right, and what's the main misconception that companies outside of Latin America have about doing business in Latin mm. America? It's interesting. I really enjoy to talk about these things uh, because the first thing that maybe you know, companies from Europe or US think is that Latin America is a region and it's like a country. You know. <laughs> yeah, right. One, yeah, one place. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's like what some Americans think about Europe, right? Yeah. Or what some Europeans think about America. Yeah, yeah. And it's not. <laughs> that it's a group, it's a region with a group of countries, uh, but, you know, there is a Latin American culture. Mm -hmm. It is, but every country is different. People, you know, are different. And there are big differences. Some countries, maybe, you know, uh, it looked like, you know, it's the same country, but there is others that are totally different. Uh, you know, I don't know, for example, uh, Mexico uh, and, and Argentina are 100% different mm. culture, people. Mm. So one of the biggest challenges is to understand that. And to understand that you need to go deep in terms of develop the region because you need to be local in so many countries. Mm. With not the same expectations in terms of business like in Europe, right? It's because you know the, the the economic in Latin America, the local economic in, in in Latin America is very different from the local economic in each country in Europe. You know, so you need to understand that, and 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 these concerns in terms of tax planning, or you 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 need to have local. Uh, operation, you know, to invoice in different countries. So there is a lot of com uh, complicated things, mm -hmm. challenges at the end. And with a region that is growing very fast, but it's not the same like US or Europe. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and then in terms of how to develop a, a culture, you know, a, a company culture into Latin America, Latinos used to build relations different than in Europe or US. 
well, US now now is full from Latin American people, but it's it's a very social region. Mm. So people cares about with who is making a business mm-hmm. uh, in in the good side and in the bad side. You know, this has maybe <laughs> uh, to to you know in each because at the end what is happening is that you need to build relations to them you know provide products right, right. Uh, here i think that maybe us and europe you are more, more more focused on if you have something good I, i'm going to test and then if it's you know providing me good results maybe you have the opportunity in latin america is different first you know you need to connect with people mm-hmm. uh, i'm not telling that this not happening in europe or us i'm saying that maybe something really important in Latin America. So build relations takes time uh, for us even uh, going to make this uh, going making business in Colombia or in Mexico it's different because how you connect with local culture being a Argentinian company mm, right. they don't look as the, at the same so you know build this kind of relation takes time but what happened is that when they trust in you and you are providing a good product, good services, good results. You know, this is something that maybe it's forever, you know? And when you think about all of those challenges um, and you look at the activity of a lot of your customers, so for example, the toy companies, Mm -hmm. how do you think about or how do you see the toy company strategies evolving across South America? Does that mean that they're thinking about different products for each country? Or how have you seen the toy companies behave? It depends. You have the big uh, toy companies operating. Uh, in some countries, they have a, their own operation. And mm. in other, they have uh, distributors mm. who has the license of their products. And uh, when they have distributor, the, the distributor is who run the local taste of this product. But they used to see, uh, the, the, I'm talking about the, the big toy companies, uh, the global, uh, they used to see as a, a region and they have the same strategy for most of the countries. Right. Maybe, don't have, maybe they don't have one product in, in one country or, you know, but it's the same strategy. Mm-hmm. But then you have local companies uh, and local companies could, could be a big player in Colombia, for example. And, and this player is not in Argentina. Then you have in Argentina another local companies. Right. So uh, we we are in a in a in a good timing because all of these companies are in a transition. Mm-hmm. They they need you know to to move in faster in mm-hmm. terms of media consumption. You know what kids are doing at the end, mm-hmm. and uh, they need to understand the the local standards of you know the local culture. Of the audience to with maybe the same product develop different strategies. Right, and when they're trying to reach kids on digital um, services or platforms, do you see the same fragmentation? So you're you're talking about different publishers and different um, digital locations by each country, or do you see more? Um, platforms for kids that have scaled out across the entire region. I suppose mm-hmm. how, when you get down to the operational level, mm-hmm. how are companies or, or how are you engaging with kids? Uh, we used to say that we like to have uh, 
global con content, you mm. know, global and local content. Uh, you know, the, 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 the strongest IPs uh, regarding apps, games mm. uh, in the world, you know, in Latin America has the same, uh, mm. the, the same performance, you know, right. it works. But there is a, a lot of local content too. And uh, you can find some interesting hubs like Brazil. They, they are very, very good developing content, for example. They're, they're very, very good. You can find uh, very good content in, in, in Colombia too, in Costa Rica too. Hmm. Because at the end, it's a consequence of the politics. They have uh, tax incentives in Brazil uh, for content developers. For and, and this is for creating local content, yeah. which also for kids as well. Yeah, presumably. yeah it is right. for kids and non-kids too, mm. you know. Uh, so I came from Kids Green last, last week. We, we have been there and, and we met with a, a lot of content creators. It's, it's incredible how many people from Brazil came to, to Kids Green mm. uh, because, you know, there is a decision from the government to push this kind of industry. Uh, content development in yeah, general? Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Is, is that linear content or is that like apps and games yeah, or it's, it's sort of everything? It, it, you know, it's uh, now everything's changed. You know? mm. I, I think that's something interesting that is happening in places like Kidscreen is that everything crashed, you know, because to start looking for money for co-productions or to sell, you know, these uh, season, I have one season 52, uh, you know, it, it's, that's, you know, it's the end of that era. Now you, you can develop one content, see what happened and, you know, optimizing and creating much and better content with this information. So now they came with IPs, mm. some of these IPs, you know, maybe growing the digital side on YouTube. So everything changed. The landscape is changing mm. a lot. Uh, so they, they, they have, the mindset is to have the full picture of what can I do with this successful IP. Maybe right. they don't know how to, and they are looking for partners like mm. us to, I need you to help me to monetize this, or what do you think? So, so everything is changing. Uh, but, but, you know, the good quality content is good quality content at the end. And right. then you need to adapt depending uh, how and, people consume. And, and would you mention any specific kids publishers in Brazil or Argentina that have that have reached a scale that maybe a lot of people in the US or Europe wouldn't have heard of? Oh uh, yes, I think that yes. Uh, when this uh, local for these local content creators, it's more difficult than a global content mm. creator to make it grow because they used to confuse. They say, okay, we want to go to the U.S. market, you know, first. Guys, mm. you, you are having a good traction in Latin America. Mm. What are you thinking uh, to go for? Okay, and, and maybe they don't have the budget. If it's an app, for example, I need to grow. Mm. And if you are not a hit, you know, that yeah. you need to spend money on that. And maybe they don't find. If they, they want to raise money, they need to focus on the U.S. market. So they, are a they have a lot of confusion in that. I think that one of the opportunities there uh, that we have it's to develop solution in terms to help them to grow hmm. and it's something that we start doing in the youtube business now hmm. uh, can you can you talk a little bit more about that yeah we just launched a a, a solution on mm -hmm. youtube that calls save Two. Mm -hmm. so what we are doing is we are integrating high quality ips with a minimal amount of of traction it's we need to know that this IP has, you know, something interesting. Right. Uh, 
and we develop uh, advertising solutions uh, into this content. So what we are doing is we are integrating channels on YouTube and uh, we are building different branded uh, content, product placements, solutions for brand because at the end what's happening when you go to YouTube, YouTube is a solution that is full of kids, mm. it's full of content for kids, mm. but it's not a kids platform. So when a brand wants to reach, uh, to connect, well, the, what they want to connect with kids on YouTube, it's a very tough thing. And the only thing that you can buy is pre-rolls and, and bump rats, and that's right. it. Right. So it's good for awareness, but you have a lot of ways where you have no control. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a challenge mm. to be there. So understanding that, uh, we, we have some customer asking us, that they came asking us, guys, we need you, uh, your help that as in your marketplace, we need the same, you know, value mm. in YouTube to eliminate this way, to have control, the brand safety issue. So regarding that, we find that there is something that we need to do on that side. But you know what? At the end, we find something more interesting there. The same thing that we are trying and you are trying to do with publishers, you know, to help in terms to have a good monetization, uh, you know, to, to, to provide, uh, you know, a, a, a value layer into the audience and show to the brands. We understand that content creators in YouTube, they're having a big issue because mm. they have the same problems regarding uh, have no control, which ads are running into their content. But talking about business, the effective CPMs on YouTube uh, in the last two, three years fall 50%. Mm. And this is not fair for a content creator that is spending a lot of money on that. You know? But do you think this, do you, do you think the YouTube landscape for children and for family is going to change? Or is it, do you think they're going to continue with the current approach where they're basically just trying to ignore everything and pretend it's not there? Mm, you know, I, I heard some things about that YouTube, the possibility of YouTube trying to block the behavioral advertising on kids' channel. Mm. But I don't think that this is real because uh, YouTube will never accept, accept that they have kids into YouTube. They mm. say, we have YouTube kids for that. Mm -hmm. So I don't think that there is a big change is coming around that. And what about, I mean, across Latin America, are there any alternatives to YouTube? I mean, for kids and for families that you see bubbling up anywhere from a video perspective? You know, these kind of platforms, uh, Latin America, it's, it's a difficult, uh, for, at this time mm -hmm. yet, uh, it's difficult to build this kind of solution. And this is because the transactions are on digital are not the same that in US or in in terms of CPMs or no I'm talking for example a platform with content there is a player in in, in Brazil one product in Brazil uh, that it's a VOD for kids for example mm -hmm. and uh, and that that's subscription or that's it's free it's a subscription right. so with a subscription model uh, it's 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 not the same that in in the in in the US mm -hmm. you know, that, how much are they charging per month? Do they charge per month? Yeah, I think that they have something like between three or five dollars. Right. You know, it should be. But the other part is some of them, they are going to the telcos, uh, you know, the vast, the, the value add service business. Mm. But it's not real. It's not organic traction. Yeah, yeah. It's, 
So they're they're they're, they're, they're still happens, but yeah, they're using they're using a kid service as an excuse to sell more phone subscriptions or data yeah, data packages kind or something. Of things, yeah. But you know, it's difficult to have subscriptions in these kind of products in Latin America. So so do you think that Latin America, the future of kids content in Latin America is is going to be much more free with advertising yeah. than subscription? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because you know, people uh, you know, they, they accept that uh, brands pay for what they are not paying. Right. And they accept that. And and because uh, because we don't have the same metrics in terms of how to uh, create traction in these kind of platforms, uh, you know, at the end, content creators needs to monetize. And if you right. don't monetize, you cannot grow, you cannot make more and better content at the end. So I think that advertising products that could really help uh, in all the landscape, you know, taking about data privacy, about brand safety, you know, mm. all, the, all, all the layers that have to consider uh, a monetization solution for, for a content creators could be uh, the answer uh, to them. Some of them, they are not open, you know, it, there exists uh, in some places this idea of no, no, we will not integrate advertising, but, mm. but if you do it in a, in a good way, mm. you know, you have a possibility there and, mm. and we prove it, we mm. prove it. We, we work with content creators that they are monetizing with us and, and, and in a very good way, mm. in a very good way. And Damien, I mean, you guys are, you've been running Kids Corp for a few years. What's the investment scene like, the startup investor scene like in Buenos Aires? How would you describe it? I mean, do you have, I mean, it's, is, is it difficult? Is it easy? Uh, I can tell from the look it's, in your face that it's, it's not easy. <laughs> it's difficult. Yeah. You know, you, you know well uh, uh, about uh, the, the investment, the VC ecosystem, about ad tech, kid tech, you know how tough. I have many, is. I have many opinions. <laughs> yeah, yes. You know, you know about that. And, you know, Latin America in the last uh, year has not a lot of transaction, you know, in terms of quantity. Yeah. And the tickets, uh, you know, an, an, a uh, an A series in, in Latin America is not the same as the US. Mm. If you raise uh, in US, you can raise a million isn't I, I'm not saying that this is a, an easy thing and that's it but uh, uh, a million in Latin America it's it's a a series mm -hmm. uh, it's it's more you know it looks bigger sure but yeah, yeah. it's the same you know so uh, it's it's very difficult you know I think that from one side the attic keep carrying the you know the 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 bad ideas on, on, on I think that we are not free of that mm -hmm, yet. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, and then regarding kid tech, uh, there is no specialization. Of mm -hmm, that, you know? So, mm -hmm. uh, but it sounds like from what you're saying, brands understand the privacy requirements mm -hmm. around advertising and, and, and digital to kids. Um, across most of the countries, is yeah. that accurate to say? Yeah, yeah. And is that is that pushed by the brands or is that pushed by the agencies more? No, the agencies no. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. You know, they, they are monetizing their trading desks. Uh, sure, right. <laughs> the programmatic business. You know, the new ad networks. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, no. Brands, uh, advertisers uh, are receiving from global, you know, 
the new rules that mm -hmm. they need to comply. Mm -hmm. We came evangelizing a lot in Latin America. So mm -hmm. we used to educate media agencies. We used to educate to advertisers too. Uh, because we came talking about COPA without COPA in Latin America. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, and has GDPRK in Europe been helpful? Yeah. Have people have, yeah. people have been aware of that? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, you know, because the, the, the context where we're living now, in general terms about data privacy, not only in kids, yeah. everyone uh, knows about you know heard some something about this you right. know, has these kind of discussions about data and, and data collection you know mm. so this is uh, this is uh, uh, we, we are a couple of steps uh, better than in the past you know every mm. everyone concerns about privacy now mm. so when you add the word kid to data privacy you know and other things appear on people, you know. Mm -hmm. So, oh, okay, yes, there are kids. So, but going deeper on, on regulations, they have uh, the, the global brands, they need to comply with the global needs, mm -hmm. the, the rules that they have. But in terms of materialized, you know, these uh, new standards that they need to comply, they need help. So we are there. We came talking about, uh, as I mentioned, for four years talking about COPA, then G GDPRK, now the data privacy revolution in Brazil. So this is something that we came talking about and we used to work closely with media agencies, with brands, helping them mm -hmm. to do that. Not only as advertisers, even as publishers. Right. right. And this happens with companies like you know, the, bro the broadcasters like uh, Discovery, Fox, with Nagio Kids. So, uh, you know, we are helping them to understand in their own digital ecosystem how to comply with that. Mm -hmm. And we're talking today in New York, as I said earlier, a few blocks away from Toy Fair, mm -hmm. uh, which happens once a year here. Um, and you've been walking around. How do toy companies think about Latin America? Is it an important market for them? Is it, is it is it like compared to the US let's say is it, is it growing faster or slower uh, you know Latin America has Brazil too that is one of the 10 biggest markets in the world mm. because the population of course sure so uh, they care about Latin America mm. it's not a priority of course mm. they are more focused on US uh, Europe uh, but but yes, they care about it, you know, they're there. They and, and, and in terms of how to operate this, their brands in Latin America, they need local support. So they have distributors to understand the local markets, because I used to say that Latin America is like an equalizer. Everything is going up and down every time. And so and, and, and each line, it's a country. So right. maybe Argentina, it's up and the you know tomorrow it's down well mm -hmm. we are now we are down now you know no not tomorrow <laughs> the economics in argentina are, we, we are in a strange situation but anyway um they need local partners mm -hmm. to understand the local needs and the context that they're operating but because a market could be closed and then the government change and the market is open mm -hmm. so you can import or export depending so there is a lot of local regulation in each country that could be different a country for the other country so 
they used to run with local distributors or with some guys who are the middlemen between this distributor and the toy cost. I, 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 I spent some time with some guys uh, that they are on this business. They connect the big toy cost here mm. with the Latin American distributors. So with this mixing, you know, the expertise that they have developing their products and the local taste that this partner could provide to them, this is how we handle the Latin American operation. I don't think that they're thinking to go to Latin America to develop their own business, you know, with own operation. They know that it has a lot of complexity, as right. I mentioned, you know, mm -hmm. when a company wants to get into to Latin America. So they prefer to have a partner to do that. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm sort of springing this question on you right now, uh, Damien, but I wanted to ask you about um, your predictions for the kids' digital media space over the next um, couple of years. I mean, what when you when you sort of look at the macro trends, uh, not just in Latin America, but but sort of globally, um, what are a couple of things that you think will happen? What are a couple of things that you think maybe will not happen? Um, over over the next um, few years, one of the biggest uh, things that concerns me uh, in a good way today is that everything is crossing. You know, um, advertisers are turning into content creators. Mm. Content creators are turning into advertisers, mm. and everything is mixing now. So uh, I think that the I have very good predictions in terms of that. I think that there is a democracy now. You know, in the past, uh, the content that was in Discovery, in Nickelodeon, and you know, mm. the five channels, and that's it. And now, if you are good creating content, you have a huge opportunity. And I think that we, uh, as a part of this market, are thinking on how help. You know, depending on the side that you are, if you are creating content, if you are advertised. How, how to help you to empower what you're trying to do. Mm -hmm. So I think that in terms of the next, uh, what is coming next is we, we are uh, starting a, a, a new era of high quality content mm -hmm. and a lot of this content available in different platforms. And uh, regarding that, I think that we need a couple of years to create, uh, you know, frameworks to help depending what you are doing in the industry to mm -hmm. make it better. Mm -hmm. So I think that in terms of the of what coming next, it's going to be available a lot of high quality content. But I'm not sure if you're ready to put everything in place. Mm. So it's a good moment to think how we can help to the different players on the whole industry. So, so you're, you're talking really about, about the, the infrastructure yeah. for the, the kids' yeah. ecosystem yes. moving forward. Yes, yeah. yes. And, and even helps help them in terms of strategy too. You know, mm -hmm. Because at the end, if you have a great product, you need to be a good, a good strategy to mm -hmm. have success with this product. Mm -hmm. So I think that this is something uh, interesting. I think that a lot of independent uh, indie creators will have uh, now uh, the opportunity to make a hit and, and this is awesome you know this is huge mm -hmm. and one thing that it's very very important I think is that you, you can be on the side that you want to be you know you want to create content you want, but uh, all the players need to start thinking in, 
to develop uh, collaborative experiences, whatever you are. Mm. Because the interaction that a kid has with a device from, a, from very young, it's an opportunity. Whatever you are, if you want to create content, if you want to advertise, to sell more products. So, so it's, it's, I think that one of the, of the, of the opportunities, the biggest challenges that we have in front is to how to start connecting these mm. experiences through brands, through content creators and with kids, you know, it's all, all in this interacting in the same place. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, uh, but again, I think that gonna takes time, uh, to create this infrastructure, infrastructure, this framework. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there is a lot of things coming, new things. And, and I'm not sure if we are ready to support all of that. So we need to put focus on that. But, but generally speaking, you sound pretty optimistic about the future. Yes, of course, of course. And, and, and I see huge challenges. One of the things that we are discussing a lot, uh, not working yet as a product, discussing uh, with, with the team is, uh, how we can understand uh, when a brand, for example, is, is running an ad in our platform and then a toy is selling in a, in a, mm-hmm. in a store, mm-hmm. how we can understand all that process. So I think that, uh, that it's a, 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 a very interesting challenge in, term, in terms to start building attribution models mm-hmm. to help to the market understand how uh, from a kid interacting with an app, and then uh, uh, the mother or the aunt, whatever it is, they, they influence uh, uh, context that a kid, a kid have, mm. make it take maybe take this decision to go to a store and buy it. So, you know, at the end, we need we need to, to work a lot to understand how we can build something that could provide to the old players around that information to take better decisions. And regarding data privacy regulation, the, the, the context where we are operating, uh, taking into account all, all these, these uh, things, uh, it's an it's a incredible challenge, you know, to... to there is quite an ecosystem that we have yeah. to build out, yeah. I think. Um, well, Damien, um, thank you very much for joining us today on KidTech. Um, for everyone listening, just a reminder, you can get this on SoundCloud, on iTunes, on Spotify, um, always free, uh, much like Damien's prediction of kids' content uh, in Latin America. Uh, and if you enjoy this podcast or our other episodes, please tell someone about it. That's all we ask. Uh, tune in next episode. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah.